0: to tape this is uh like trees walking this is like trees walking it feels as though i I actually had to pause like did we do a podcast once called like trees walking uh michael
1: j nelson here david berge uh yeah it's been our last episode came out on the 12th of august which i mean again time means something but not as much given that this is a podcast that. That is can, a
0: a deep thought already. Time means something,
1: <laughs> but but this isn't like a uh, hey, you know, uh, a news. You know, this isn't newsy, where people are tuning every week to sort of hear our takes on you know the week's news or something. This is like. evergreen. It is. That's what we like to say. It's evergreen, like a like a Norway pine, like a balsam. You know, like a Christmas tree. And what
0: is this podcast it's that a, <laughs> is evergreen?
1: Explain. It's a podcast where. We talk about the big things, the big questions, faith, theology, morality, life, uh, you know, and, and uh, we do so from a Christian, unabashedly Christian perspective, but we welcome all comers, and uh, we hope that you find our conversation um, at least thought-provoking. And, and we are who? Oh, so, I, yeah, I mean, I'm David Berge. I'm a pastor, uh, a gentleman, a scholar, a man of leisure, a man about town, a gadfly. Are you, Mike? I
0: I wouldn't go gadfly. Then I don't think when people maybe a
1: a gibbet? a clown, a will of the wisp <laughs>
0: Perhaps a clown, perhaps. I don't know. No, I am uh I I attend your church. Yes. I try to say it in the driest way possible like I do when people ask me what I do when I'm in the barber's chair. I think I've given you this line. Before. I don't know if you have. Oh, so you got the day off or what? Yeah. Like uh no, I you know I have my own have my own business. Oh, really? What is it? Um, I'm a uh, content provider for a small internet company. That's so boring. Yes, and it gets, it diffuses. Nobody has to follow up to that. So I'm off. I'm home free. Then I you just don't get say, to go, I'm so a, busy day for it? I'm,
1: I'm a joke man, just always thinking up the jokes.
0: Exactly. I don't want the conversation that <laughs> But you follows. could
1: be winning new Rift listeners if you were to do that. I don't think so. I, I mean, who's going to be convinced? They'll go really. What? What is that? And they would look,
0: and they would, they would look it up, and they would immediately. As they're spraying water in my hair and looking at my sad face, staring back in the mirror, going, "Please t- turn me away from the mirror, so I
1: don't have to they see." They would myself. purchase scores of titles. Uh, anyway,
0: so that's what we are. He's a uh, he's the learned pastor, and I'm a guy who
1: goes to his you church. You do, and so. you have the uh, podcasting equipment. And and we're live, we're actually, so yeah, we're in, we're together for the first time since. In many, many months. Seven months, I'm gonna say. Oh, Maybe man. eight months. Yeah, because we, like, I can't remember, the last, well, I remember the last time I saw you, phys- physically, was in your presence. It was March 15th. Because I was, was I like doing church? a reading? You were doing a reading. Yeah, that's right. And like, it was like, the band, and you and Bridget, that was it. Yeah, Weird. So that was I can put it in time. I put that pin in time. That's the last time I was physically in your in your particular presence. It's wow. good to be back. The podcast uh, with the world we've taken many twists and turns. yes, uh, many interviews. this is not an interview. there's no one to interview no, so let me and you. see if Old we can school. get
0: this back topic uh Pod and, then, top. and then i have uh I get to challenge you again. I have not done that in a long time Met so many months um and so I have a a quiz for you, but you have brought a Big topic to the table. That's one of the things we do. We talk about the big things of life, and I think this one is pretty huge. Oh, in terms of cultural trends and reflecting upon
1: them, this one is a this is a big one.
0: It's a cultural trend that then reflects upon the larger world itself and worldviews. So this is right in our
1: wheelhouse. So take it away. Give well, us today's topic. Well, I'll introduce today's pod top by way of saying, you know, that we're in the year of our Lord, 2020, when we're recording this, and a new decade. And uh, we've gotten a lot of time, you know, when I think about my adult life, uh, how much has... Transpired you know since I came of age, I think of I was in college when nine eleven happened and then mm-hmm. you know uh the 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 odds and the financial crisis and then uh you know these last four years and 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 many and now the pandemic i mean my gosh, so you think about sort of these cultural moments in which you in which you live and kind of when you get some critical distance from some of this time, you can reflect back on trends in life and culture that were very prominent at one time, and you can go and especially in my line of work, which is the church, this is theology, this is religion, Um, I'm especially attuned to those trends. And you look back and you see some things that were were trends that are no longer trends anymore in that world, but at at the time seemed so important, so influential, um, like they were going to be the thing. And then now, poof, you look back and you go, that kind of doesn't exist anymore. Wahapa. What is this phenomenon that had
0: such... We were all on the edges of our seat thinking this was going to be our new future. This is going to be. This
1: was. This was the, you know, cultural battle of the 21st century. And this was, uh, you, I'll give you some hints. There were, there were four, four of them. They were the four horsemen of the new atheist apocalypse. These were the new atheists, Mike. The four horsemen.
0: These were the your RD, your SH, your CH and your DD. Wow.
1: Okay, let's break that down. Yes. Your Richard Dawkins. Okay, we got Richard Dawkins. Uh he of me he gave us the term meme. And I it t- I had uh, I read that word before I ever heard it pronounced. So I was like a m- meme, that's how I thought it was originally. Wait, he gave the He invented the concept of memes. But why
0: did he since it is the word, it's a f- French word? It means, like, same or even. Yeah. And it's mem. Mem. So why did he change it to meme and then change its meaning? He's British. Okay. What I can object. I
1: say? Okay. I already object. I already don't like this <laughs> you guy. You can take it up with him. Who's next? Uh, Sam Harris. Sam Harris. Uh, he was yo- he was the younger. He was the young guy. Um, and I believe he was, like, a, 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 a neurobiologist or a co- neuroscientist or something like that. He was doing his his graduate work in that area. Still alive. Still... He 's probably the one who has the most he 's probably the most active no he 's more of a gadfly he 's more of a man about town right He, he goes on a lot of shows yep, and, and he has a podcast uh, I cannot say that i 've ever listened to it, but he has a podcast that I think is pretty popular, um, and so he 's still around, although his uh, evolution from the new atheist era that 's something we can bring up is, is kind of what happened my, What happened to all these people? The sticking point for Sam Harris for me, and this is going to
0: date me, but it 's on purpose. Is the, uh, he was the first winner of Star Search, which was Ed McMahon's, uh, the precursor to all of these, the voice yeah, and all yeah, of
1: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Star Search.
0: And uh, he, Sam Harris, won the whole banana by singing uh, Somewhere Over the Rainbow in a, in a way that is so comical you have to look it up.
1: The, the Sam Harris?
0: Sam Harris. No,
1: it's a different time. It's a different but, time. But I, I when I heard he was like child. this, there's
0: this atheist guy named Sam Harris not that it's, it's a very common name, but it's I, incredibly I, common. I, I couldn't get over the fact yeah. that, wait, he went from winning Star Search to becoming one of the four horsemen? Amazing. Different guy. Okay. But, but look up the original I thought Sam maybe it Harris. was like you a will, child Sam Harris singing, no, like No, you will not
1: be disappointed. over the rainbow. That's, wow. That is, I need to look that up. I remember when Uncle Joey went on Star Search. On, oh, sure. On Full House. He went on Star Search with, I think he went on with his, I don't know if he went on with his puppet in oh. his little ventriloquist act or whatever. Yeah. But he won Star Search. and that oh, was he her, That was one of his career goals. No, actually, he got second, I think. One of his career goals, though, he was like, if I don't get on Star Search by this time, uh, like, I'm going to quit. Yeah. I'm giving up my act. I'm I giving think, it up. I think Norm MacDonald was on Star Search as well. It was a, I, I, it's funny how we, that was, uh, what made The Voice, or what made, um, what was the Simon Cowell show? Both um, Randy and Paula. Why can't I think uh, of the American name? American Idol. American Idol. Why was that? Why didn't they, why didn't, why did we see that more as a discontinuity than a continuity from Star Search? I don't know. It I, fresh, yeah, it was,
0: it? it was supposed to be the new, because it came over from across the pond sure. where it was already a huge hit.
1: It, I think there was some more, it was like more brutal. Yeah. on Like it was more, you roasted a lot of people and the point was to find your William Hungs. Of The world as well as introduce you to really. Whereas, you know, just Ed McMahon like leaning boozily over a podium. Hey. Like, coming up next. Did Hot people vote? Property. How did people vote for the world? There was a panel
0: of judges, but okay. they're sort of in the darkness. They didn't really, you didn't get that like interaction of like, can you believe how awful this piece of <laughs> garbage is? It was all done, you know, behind the curtain kind of stuff. She so.
1: bangs, she bangs. What a. Oh,
0: my son saw that and cried.
1: Why are they being so mean to him? (laughs) Anyway, so Sam Harris. Yes.
0: All right. Sam Harris. The next is the late Christopher Hitchens. The
1: late Christopher Hitchens. Hitch. Hitch, as people call him. Yes. Uh, He is dead, so it's obvious why he is not a thing. Yes. Anymore. And the fourth is Daniel Dennett.
0: He's the one I know probably the least about. He's the Ringo?
1: Of the, I mean, if of the Fab Four, he's, he's the Joey Fatone. Yes, he is the Joey Fatone. He's the he's just the one who you don't really know who he is or what he's done. He was a phlo- I know he's a philosopher. Yes, is it British as well? I thought he was American. He's okay, American. Let me,
0: let me let me look up the. We had two
1: Brits, two Americans. Although I guess you know Hitch became an American. Right? I think he became an American.
0: You are right. He's citizen. an American philosopher, writer, and cognitive <laughs>
1: scientist. In Boston, is he at Boston University, Boston College, Tufts? Tufts. That's in Boston, though, right?
0: I, I, you're asking a guy. Who, Where is I, Tufts? I am famously stupid about colleges. Heck of a name for a college, though. I love it. Tufts. 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 Very tough to say. Can you look up Tufts, Mike? I can. I have it right here. I am looking up Tufts, uh, and it is an American university ah, mm. in Somerville, on the border of Medford and Somerville, Mass. Massachusetts. Mass, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, there we there we go. I know where Tufts is. Tufts, but uh, he is the he is the Ringo of the.
0: Yes. Of the New Atheist. But anyway. Okay. So these are the guys. They were super influential. Oh, my goodness. In what year do you think they really sort of crested the way?
1: This is where we get, I think, into an interesting, yeah, cultural history uh, of, of, of what made this moment and what unmade it, I guess, from, from, from my perspective or from my thoughts. I would say, let's say circa, people can correct me. This is where people can do their own research and correct me. I'm going to say like 2006 to 2009. Yeah. This was like prime time. Um, uh, that's really when, this is when the books were coming out. I wonder when, I, I, we could look up when The God Delusion came out and, and uh, When God Is Not Great. That was the other book by... Um, uh, Christopher Hitchens. I don't remember the one by Daniel Dennett, sorry. And then Sam Harris had another, um, had a, had another, his big book. I can't remember the name of his big book. Letter to a Christian Nation? That was one of them. Certainly was a big one. Uh, waking Up, A Guide to Spirituality Without Religion? So that's, yeah, that's the interesting turn that Harris took that we can get into um, uh, uh, later. So yeah, so The New Atheist, circa 2006, 7, eight, not, I'd say two, 2006, 7, eight, that was... Probably the peak peak new atheist uh, era, but then um, those coattails kind of ride in, even though I think it was on the decline um, into the early 2010s uh, it still you know it had a it had a wake uh, that went behind it a kind of a long wake and so the first question is you know what was it what was the new atheist and I would say that it was more than any new there was nothing super fresh or innovative about the claims or arguments that they were making, but it was a brash style, kind of a new sort of public intellectual, who was no longer playing Mister Nice Guy with religion. You know, I mean, what what was Christopher Hitchens? It was you know, God is not great. How religion poisons everything, and uh, you know, the God delusion, and and so this isn't just you know, it, it was sort of taking a a mocking tone towards religion and all things religious, and saying you know, not only is this uh, delusional, this is bad and this is dangerous for our world and so uh, and and it's stupid and so we need to aggressively attack belief in god and organize religion because it's something that is harmful and it's gonna it's ruining our world and yeah you
0: don't argue with a guy who says i am a poached egg to uh, to quote uh, c.s lewis yeah you don't uh, you don't engage someone with such a silly idea as you know unicorns are god you just you dismiss them. You wipe them out immediately, and this, you don't consider them anymore.
1: Yep, this was the era of the flying spaghetti monster. Yes, um, that's <laughs> bequeathed us pasta. People putting pastafarian as their religion on Facebook. I mean, this might sa- if you're younger, this might sound like a different world to you that these such things were really <laughs> a thing, and mm-hmm. normal people knew who these. Atheist people were and were interested in buying their books in massive quantities for them saying that, you know, uh, in an aggressive tone, things that others had said before. Um, certainly, I mean, if you think about skepticism towards religion, I mean, it dates back, you know, since the Enlightenment, but it had several, I mean, prominent, uh, uh, you know, scurrilous uh, critics. I mean, we can think of Voltaire as a huge critic of religion. Uh, we, we can think of uh, uh, even Freud um, as a as a huge critic of religion. We can think of Ludwig uh, Feuerbach as a, as a big critic of uh, uh, of religion. I mean, these are just, you know, names I'm Sort of picking up
0: out of the air, even Darwin was, but only behind the scenes. Yeah, he was behind the scenes. He and his family were, you know, all they had that contempt, but they they kept it behind the. They curtain. were polite, but yeah, yes. you, and then you
1: had, you know, uh, you had the the Marxists and um, you know the the twentieth century. 19th and 20th century Marxists, I mean, who built states that were opposed to religion and part of the state propaganda of somewhere, say, like Russia, was a, you know, uh, promoting atheism. You know, the Yuri Gagarin, who was an Orthodox, uh, he was actually secretly an Orthodox uh, Russian Orthodox Christian. No, I did not know. Yes, yeah. uh, first man in space, right? Yes, and uh, you know that. But there was like the poster. You know, it goes up there, and it's like we looked, we didn't find. You know, God yeah. wasn't up there. You know, didn't see him. So uh, atheism itself has a, a long. I mean, Bertrand Russell. You think of an, a kind of an older school atheist. Like a lot, atheism has a, a long and storied history, filled with colorful critics, mockers of uh, uh, religion. Uh, Friedrich Schleiermacher, even the father of liberal Christianity. Um, as a as a movement within Christianity, and he, his book was um, I forget what his uh, major book was. I don't remember the main title, but I remember its subtitle, which was. And you know, he wrote. Uh, to, and to its cultured despisers. So, you know, here's someone writing, uh, you know, here's someone writing 200, 250 years ago in Germany um, and recognizing that the cultured elite of his day, uh, you know, were skeptical and, and skeptical mm-hmm. of, of Christianity even back then. So here we have... Atheism, skepticism towards Christianity in particular, but towards religion in general, a long and varied history of people who are not believers, people who were mockers of religion and God. I mean, think of even like a George Carlin as a comedian, you know, very acerbic towards religion, but something. So there's something of that within atheism. I'm not saying that all atheists are like that at all. But the new atheists were this brash new crop who brought, who brought this tone and style to cultural prominence yet again. And so what was it about that moment that made that so resonate in such a way that they were able to sell millions of books and be as culturally prominent as they were? And what happened to it? So that's a good question, Mike. So did I characterize the new atheists accurately? Yes, I think so. And
0: to, to shade it even finer, the, these are people who... When you look up their videos it's going to say, Watch um Sam Harris absolutely destroy this Christian in the they were looking for the destruction of and getting by on the fact that they were destroying these stupid arguments. This wasn't like Anthony Flew, you know, raising an eyebrow as he, you know, made a point back to uh, you know, Gerard uh what's his name? The uh the guy who kind of convinced him. Anyway, you know, it's not like this polite back and forth, like, you read my source and I'll read yours, yeah. my good man, and we'll clash about this in front of a uh, a bunch of uh, thinking people. This is like, no, the, wipe these people out, go out in public, get in their face. Um, you know, down with down with Christians. Yeah, so, yes. and
1: it was a uh, maybe a, a revivification of the spirit of someone like an H.L. Mencken, who was a you know famous uh, a famous muckraking journalist, and who uh, was a you know he was the one famous for kind of popularizing the Scopes Monkey Trial and covering that and painting a picture of these backwards. You know these backwards yokels out there in America who believe these crazy things and reject science and and and, and Mencken's desire was to kind of expose and mock, um, and mock these people and 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 I think that the new atheists were in that same in that same spirit, saying, "Can you believe these you know mouth breathers, uh, these ignorant hillbillies are out there and there's so many of them and they're crazy, ignorant, you know." Three thousand year old myth, goat herder beliefs are, you know, they're dangerous because they're going to ruin the world because they're sending us headlong, I think, into destruction. I think that was one of their, one of the things that made them. What made them so prominent? Do you think? I have my own theses, but
0: well, don't. I mean, isn't it a large part of it that you know, on the the internet, the the social media. Like, you still had to be a little bit—you couldn't just come out and go, oh, you're a Christian, I see? Like, what an idiot. Where do you come up with that? It was still a sense that at least that barrier, you can't just mock someone's religion. You have to, you know, you have to know them in some way or be, you know, have a relationship before you can begin to question or maybe— no, all those things were off, and and you can just send a link to this guy destroying a Christian and go, you believe this garbage— And it
1: was seemed acceptable in a way like it's it's open season. There was a So I do. Yeah, I think you're right. There there was an aspect of Internet culture that and this was even I mean, this was very early social media when you think about 2006, like Facebook just getting off the ground. And I first remember becoming aware of Twitter in probably 2007 or 8 when Every, you know, everyone turned their profile pictures green for the, Iran- you know, the Iranians, mm-hmm. um, if, if you remember that. And I so, do. <laughs> and so, like, it, early social media, but there was still a bit of that spirit of the old internet, which seemed to me, not to be too stereotypical, but the old internet. And I, had a, I, I was on the internet very early, Mike. I had a neighbor who was like we would dial into a bulletin board oh sure you know a BBS, bbs
0: a, a
1: bbs yeah. we'd dial into it the red dwarf bbs this he's a computer scientist wow. now. he was a yeah. real nerd and so you know we would go do role-playing games in a bb in a bbs and this is in the late 1980s so i mean early there was kind of that like super geek um which also has sort of a the comic book guy from um the Simpsons vibe to it sure you know sort of an air like a an overly intellectual arrogance, kind of mocking condescending tone that goes along with it, there were still surviving elements of internet culture there and kind of bullet internet bulletin board culture where you make fun of people and flame people um, that was still surviving in, the, in that era on the internet um, and also there was a I, I think at that particular cultural moment we had seen the you know, we had seen the uh, 9-11. So, OK, Islamic terrorism is this scourge to the world. This is the great enemy of Western civilization. So now, you know, what is the, you know, the 20th century was communism versus the free world. Well, now it's going to be, um, you know, the liberal West versus the uh, Islamic radical East. That was kind of one of the framings of what the next what the 21st century was going to be. And so, uh, you know, it it was the new atheists were a way to condemn all religion, not just Islam, but all religion as being something that's going to, you know, it brought us 9-11. It brought us, you know, Bush, uh, the Bush White House that was full of these, you know, uh, evangelical people with their crazy beliefs who were leading us headlong into into a clash of civilizations that was going to destroy us. So, I mean, I think that was a subtext, too, is that there was this belief that these crazy People were running the country. I mean, I remember uh, right after I was in college when the Iraq war started, and I was taking a class called Islam in the Caliphate Age. So, the early, the first basically, you know, uh, the early caliphs, successors to uh, Muhammad. And and I remember the war had, had just started, and people breathlessly coming up to this professor. Um, who was obviously very critical of the war and, and saying, basically saying, you know, I heard that this, the whole reason the invasion took place, which this was what, like March of 2003, I think mm-hmm. is when it started and saying, you know, that the idea was that Bush had done this because he wanted to spread uh, Christ- evangelical Christianity to Iraq. Like, and so that was really one of the secret motivations that were, behind the war. And this was not like he went up there and this is some crazy conspiracy theory that he's bringing for. This was like something that you could say this could be a part of the discourse back then. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I think there was also the sense that the, the Bush era was full of these um, retrograde uh, reactionaries. Maybe, maybe you agree with that, but but like it was full of these very dangerous people with their dangerous beliefs that were going to lead our country um, into the same kind of direction of ignorance and back towards the Dark Ages. So it seemed to resonate in that cultural moment, too. So not just like the Internet culture, but also this anti uh, anti kind of Bush. I mean, Bush was Hitler. I mean, you know, like people forget people. Don't, yeah. <laughs> people don't remember. I mean, um, and it's not just because the war was unpopular, but but like this person was seen as uh, an enemy. Uh, I mean, very dangerous to uh, to uh, the country, and and maybe he was, but it it was framed in in a kind of a, I mean, this person is is Hitler type of a way. Yeah, not just a bad politician with failed, failed bad policies, but like a literally person who's going to destroy everything type of thing.
0: Well, I mean, that that was also true of Reagan. Was you know, I was too young. I was in, in Europe. Yeah, it was always. He was, uh, you know, a bringer of the apocalypse. He had his finger yeah. on the button, right? Like yep, he was going to light everything up. He was, gonna was a cowboy he was going to light it all up. Yeah. Yeehaw. So, yeah, there's a long history of
1: that. So, yeah, we, so for these streams all flowed together, and they hit us at this moment. And it seemed like, okay, and you yep. have a decline, I think, too, and you have the rise of the nuns beginning at that time, people with no religious preference. So kind of nominal religious attachment was... Um, uh, was bec- it was becoming less like culturally necessary to say yeah you know even if you didn't believe anything to kind of identify yourself with the church uh, particularly in mainline protestantism you see m- people just n- the nuns rising 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 and so all of it led to this splash point where her these brash people um who are calling out um th- you know the, the the people the wrong sort of type of people in society it got a big audience i mean a huge audience at that time people were showing up in a big way and so that's what made it pop that explains what made it popular i think it was a kind of right message at the right time but what 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 led to it yeah. going away why did it go away because now we look back on it as sort of a quaint this was a quaint thing these guys i mean even though they're you know sam harris and i mean dawkins has become kind of passe i think his his anti uh he seems sort of i think an islamophobe and sort of retrograde he did some i think creepy stuff or something like hit on some oh yeah there was
0: that yes yes there was that so he's
1: kind of a creep you know like an internet troll almost well couldn't the first
0: answer be their work is done here what do you mean in terms of if they wanted to destroy people's faiths and 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 it was too dangerous i mean you could say they've
1: made a lot of headway that they they succeeded
0: they succeeded in terms of you know, I think generationally, if you looked at it, if you if history was just a a timeline, couldn't you say this the declining number of people who say they are religious or say they have any affiliation, or it just continues to decline. So maybe they just were like, Hey, we burst bright, we you know, we were stars that shined and our job is done and we flew to a different planet to uh bring our message of healing
1: to someone else. I, I wonder because I think you could say that they were successful, or it, it, arguably they contributed to the success of the growth of... Not, but I mean, it, atheism, while well, it might be growing in prominence, and maybe their goal wasn't to inculcate atheism, just a detachment from religion. Maybe that's all they mm-hmm. wanted, and so to get people not to care or not, not have an important part in their life. But that, that style seems to... Um, that kind of pugnacious, mocking, sneering style uh, itself seems... Absent or or gone, and so what was it? If not, they were successful. But why did that style go away? Then you know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, what is your theory? You you brought this topic. I brought the topic. You
1: obviously, have a theory. I I have some theories, but they're they're not the best formulated. But I think they hold water. Uh, people in general don't like jerks. Kind of run out. Like there's only so long you can be into a jerk before someone being jerky gets. Gets kind of old, and you yeah. get sick of it. You know, it has a it has a being a being a jerk just has a shelf life to it. I think. Yeah, like a, uh, well, again, this is dating, but Sam Kinnison,
0: the <laughs> comedian. Yes, I super who I remember abrasive, screaming, shouting, saying sort of very non PC things. Uh, he died young, and I think that if he had not, you would have been like, oh,
1: please stop yelling! Stop at him. yelling! <laughs> Who can forget uh, Sam Kinison? Who was, incidentally, the he his he grew up like his father was like a Pentecostal preacher or something.
0: Like yeah, that. and that's where he got his style
1: right from. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. if his dad oh, <laughs> was preaching God. like that, holy mackerel! But ah, I mean, it's and people liked that though.
0: My um, I, yes, I knew people who did. Why? How can you explain? You know. People went to see uh, the Mike Myers movies. How do you explain
1: that? They're funny. Oh, well, no. I that's, mean, where we, the, that's where we parted. The first Austin Powered movie is, is, is... Oof.
0: All right. Okay. Well,
1: look. Yeah, baby.
0: <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah, let, baby. Let the record show. He is quoting. But he was not
1: yelling at people. I know. Look, I'm not defending either. I'm just saying. that. Who knows what There's cultural an, things are. That kind of, or uh, maybe Andrew Dice Clay, too, right? This very... Yes, very over the top, obnoxious. Yeah, in in your face. I mean, he was. I mean, Dice, Andrew Dice Clay was like the biggest thing in comedy for a short period of yes. time, right?
0: Well, at least for him, it was just a totally a character. He just decided to do it because he had done other stuff, and then he, you know, he's had a career as an actor since then. Uh, so that was not really he the Dice Man it. was a was a bit. It was just an invention that he did for for movies and things, and then it became a. And he did a stand-up act around I mean, it. he
1: was like selling out arenas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he was, was a huge deal. It was huge. It was huge. Yeah, so that people... I mean, can you think of people who have just been abrasive, obnoxious jerks in public life um, and kept a big... Like, been able to keep... You, you can keep your loyal core audience with you, but have been able to kind of keep that as a mess phenomenon. I mean, it's hard yeah. for a long, long time. I yeah. can't think of too many. I mean, it's hard to maybe think of people who've been able to do that for a long time. Right. Just always be... Fighting, as trolls, crapsters, as we call them.:
0: Yes, yeah, at a certain point, people are going to ask um, what how insecure are your arguments that you have to keep shouting them at me, like, "All right, all right, simmer down, OK, I'm a moron. Yes, I'm an idiot. No, I heard that yes. Now, what do you got?" Mm-hmm. And, and that might be part of it.'s just like, okay, that was uh, that was popular for a while. Uh, To his credit, I always thought that Hitchens, although his arguments I thought were incredibly weak, I mean, in his book and everything, just Mm -hmm. he took the worst arguments. He didn't even lead with the strong ones. And he had that weird straw man about what moral act can a—that was his big showpiece—what moral act can a non-Christian do or can't do that a Christian can? And then he would just lay that out there as like, boom, goodbye, everyone, I'm out of here, because there's nothing you can say. And you know that's that's a dumb argument. Yeah. <laughs> what is what? Nobody making that claim that you can't do. Of course you can. You can do anything. But that's not the point. But anyway, so yeah, the arguments were weak. Could be the other po- reason that they're gone.
1: Like, uh, that I think is a. There was nothing new about them. Sort of people that this. As long as there's going to be. Debates about the existence of God and the rationality of belief in God and that sort of thing that there there is bound to be seasons where these types of old arguments pop up again, people become familiar with them, and then they become exhausted with them yeah um, yeah and and maybe a lack of belief in persuasion anymore the sense that our you can 't persuade people if the internet has taught us anything it 's that people are not it 's very difficult to persuade people, so what 's the point in you know fighting you 're just entrenching people in their own positions you're not changing anyone's mind so it's sort of like shouting into the void or shouting into the wind so people just got sick of uh debate maybe it's at the even the very like um kind of these old notions of c- people debating uh you know crazy ideas um even you know like college campus that used to fa fe- you know used to feature just wild debates of people saying crazy things like the kind of tolerance for that or, or appetite for that in those spaces is gone too. The kind yeah. of transgress like there's not as big an appetite anymore for people who are seen as being tra- who are kind of transgressing accepted mm-hmm. norms I think that that also can explain it like what's a what's a prime audience for a hitch you know it's some it's hitch versus ken ham or something you know like yes. and getting them in front of people and they're just too problematic now to even like people wouldn't want to host that anymore it's not even seen right. as like an interesting form of entertainment so i think today's college students are not they don't really have an appetite for that anymore that that type of um right. that type of discourse um and and so that's gone and and then uh yeah i mean there's a there's an interesting um the blog Slate Star Codex, which is uh, by this guy, Scott Alexander, that's not his real name, I don't think, but he had a an article about this, and he thought that maybe some of it was just that the people who were into, uh, who were really into the New Atheists, they just took, they got a different, they took on diff- new interests, so their attention changed, and he, his thesis is that it changed to kind of like the issues of the New uh, of the new left around you know identity and uh, social justice as, as he says and not saying it pejoratively but just saying people's focus interest and attention change you know from how do you attack um, how do you attack religion well you go from doing it at the level of ideas in terms of belief in God to now at the level of politics um, mm-hmm. that has kind of consumed everything um in terms of people's interest and so politics has really and political discourse has supplanted so much of this belief and religious and ideological discourse
0: there's just no heat around it anymore it's yeah not cool
1: yeah yeah like it there is no heat around it it's not it is not cool anymore so you know what, what lessons are there to draw from the change from the shift I, I you know i don't know i mean there was a lot of you know apologetics that arose at that time um, people trying to defend uh the rationality of belief in 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 god but uh yeah i don't i i don't know what lessons there are going forward uh, for the church
0: i mean yeah the arguments are always all we could do is dust off our arguments at the time and just go oh that's been addressed by many many people in many eloquent ways over so why why are these guys shouting and getting away with it i don't know but i found this quote i i wanted to uh Get your thoughts on it. This is Mencken. This is one of his more famous quotes. Puritanism. The haunting fear that someone somewhere may be happy. And uh, I just thought, boy, that, that phrase has turned... That has aged poorly because now that is anyone on the internet who doesn't like anything you say is going to uh haunt you down and make you uh, renounce uh, whatever you said that's
1: making them unhappy there's a, and, there's a uh, in that sense a puritanical spirit oh uh, it's
0: very strong
1: is everywhere now i think it's not fair to the uh the old puritans there is you know
0: oh no i am not saying it's fair to no that's not true at all and
1: there's a um uh, uh, a He's, guy like
0: manning the old Puritan. for sure, too, but, but
1: but there's a puritanical spirit. But I, I think even um, a updated version of that that I think rings true is there's is a guy named uh, Freddie De a famous internet leftist, um, uh, uh, who had some severe mental breakdown, but a very interesting writer, and he wrote some of the more interesting kind of cultural observations of the contemporary moment, especially the very online left, which is um, like spend a lot of time online so i'm too aware of these things and uh you know he talked he called it uh like a land of cops or something where he's like every, you know he's like we live basically or every he's just like everyone now he's like you know we always knew the right was a bunch of cops but he's like everyone now is just a bunch of cops and it's a really good uh, it's a really good essay a very yeah. provocative interesting essay and so yes i think that rings true of Mencken's, you know, someone out there could be enjoying themselves. Now, you know, we are constantly policing the discourse to make sure no one's wrong or problematic. And so uh, the religious, I think the religious, there's a strong um, aspect of a religious impulse to that. Not a gospel, you know, not a gospel-infused impulse. And this is where uh, Christianity itself is critical of religion and the religious uh, spirit, um, the pharisaical spirit, one might say. Yes. Um, that's always policing out there, policing other people, uh, you know, and living by works, not by grace. Uh, but there is a there is a graceless religion, I think, that has arisen um, in place. Uh, and, and trust me, there's always been very grace uh, graceless Christians out there. So uh, I know the finger points back when I say this, but a, a kind of a graceless religion has supplanted um, the old. Uh, you know Protestant uh, Catholic jew consensus that reigned in in for a, a while at least in in America, and so uh, maybe that 's what happened is you know that uh, yeah, okay, so the new atheists won at least their tribe. They won the argument, but what they didn't realize is that, you know, they cast out the spirit, but then uh, seven new spirits came rushing back in, and that's maybe one of the spirits of the ages, that there is an irrepressible religious impulse in people, and so um, whatever space they carved out for, no belief in God, has been filled um, with a new religious impulse that uh, is something new and different that even has uh, has turned on them as problematic. I mean, I can think of Sam Harris. He's problematic for various reasons. I think he had Charles Murray and the Bell Curve and that sort of race uh, realism, which is a third rail. He's become problematic for that. Dennett again. He's Ringo. Hitchens was problematic. You know, he was a supporter of the Iraq War um, and apologist for that, so people hated him for that. And and, and Richard Dawkins is just seen as this Islamophobic, um, creepy, you know, kind of creep, uh, internet troll man. So this, uh, they sowed the wind. And I think in some ways, what happened to it, it reaped the whirlwind. So that's maybe my last, (laughs) I'll put my final word there.
0: My final word will be, don't uh, dismiss Mencken's prose and writing. I'm a big
1: fan. Well, and Mencken himself uh, was, I mean, people forget that the fundamentalist Christians of Mencken's era, so this is early 20th century America, these were like, not what we think of now, Christian fundamentalism as a defense of the fundamentals of the faith, um, which would be like historic Orthodox uh, Christian tenets, was itself a very, very different thing than what we think of as the uh, 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 ignorant uh, fundamentalism of the state, that that actually the fundamentalist stalwarts, the J. Gresham Macons, for example, these were like highly educated, you know, Princeton Seminary um, uh, type, type of uh, educated people and and urban pastors. And so uh, these were not, yeah, the uneducated of their time. The leaders of early fundamentalism uh, were incredibly uh, learned uh, men. And so and Mencken actually had respect for people like, uh, like Machen. He didn't for the yokels. Yes, yes. All right, we'll leave it there. I'm sure we'll- M- Mencken's problematic, though, for something.
0: Oh, I'm sure he is he because he's 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 like a he's a newspaper man, two fisted, you know, drinker, cigars. Didn't you know? Probably was never really around his family that much. But the pros, crackling prose, mm-hmm. they love it. Uh, all right, you're going to hear from the pastor, and then we're going to be back, and I'm going to put the pastor on the spot about atheism. We're going to learn how much he actually knows about the subject he's talking about. So uh, we'll be back
1: in just a moment. Hey everyone, Pastor Dave. Thank you for listening. I know you thought maybe Mike and I broke up. Uh, creative Differences, the band, you know, is destroyed. It's sort of like, the we were like Van Halen, rest in peace, uh, when David Lee Roth left. And there's no Sammy Hagar coming. No, 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 we're here. So, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for rating and reviewing. Thank you for sticking with us uh, during these uncertain times. We really, we really appreciate it. Uh, but, yeah, if you uh, want to hear more like trees walking, please uh, rate us, review us, and share this with your friends. And we will be friends um, with the benefits that come from the Internet. <laughs> right. Let's get back to the show. Mike's going to quiz me and more shenanigans.
0: All right. We're back. Thank you, uh, Pastor Dave, for that. Oh, you're welcome. And for uh, bringing uh, Alanis Morissette into our minds you're again. you
1: my best friend. Oh, best stop. friend with effects.
0: Isn't it ironic that you'd be singing that? All right, let's... Uh, look, we need to do a quiz, because you haven't done it in a while. Um, so long. F- full disclosure... You will want to stay tuned next week, whenever we release it, because uh, in the next podcast, we'll be back doing uh, fish eating. And it's exciting because we have n- new stuff, but I'm, n- I'm not going to spoil it because okay. this is this episode and this is your quiz. And uh, Tease. They call that a tease. It was a tease with a long tail. No, with a long hang time. I don't know. All right, here we go. We're going to uh, atheist.com. Atheist-fac.com. F-A-Q? Yes. Okay. So this is, you you know this is good because it has a a green border around it, and it looks like
1: it was made about 15 years ago. I love it. See, that's, it was a certain era of the internet. I mean, I'm sure, you know, the slash r slash atheism, you know, subreddit's very active. But if that had existed, that Reddit had existed in 2006, it would have been huge. Huge. All right, so first
0: we're going to enter your religious background. I'm going to choose that one for you. Thank you. Skipping over Hindu, Muslim, and going right to Christian Protestant. Okay, the average atheist position on where the universe came from is best described as, A, the universe came from a singularity that always existed, B, there's speculation, but their position is that we don't know yet, C, physics demonstrates that the universe sprang into existence from nothing. This is the average atheist position. The average atheist position. This is from atheist-fact.com. So, a
1: singularity that always existed. All
0: right, singularity that always existed. There's a very short quiz. Uh, Atheists only believe what they can see. True or false? False. Well, some do. The status of atheism in terms of evidence and philosophy is best described as a: Atheists exist because the theists haven't met their burden of proof. B. Atheism isn't proven, but they feel it's the most reasonable position. C. Atheism is the best explanation for the origins of life without any gods involved. B. What was that again? Atheism isn't proven, but they feel it's the most reasonable position. B. I'm going to go with B. Yeah. Put reasonable in there. That's a push-pull there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Which best describes the atheist position? They don't believe in anything, especially what they can't see. They believe that no gods or spirits or souls exist. Or C, many disbelieve in gods, and some believe there are no gods.
1: I got to B, that last one is confusing. That's very confusing. It's, very, it's too confusing for me to pick. So B.
0: Which of those guys was the one that we talked about it before? Like, I'd, you believe in one god, but there are many gods out there. I just believe in one less god than you believe in. I, don't
1: I feel like that's, I feel like that's a trope. And
0: like, then, applaud for ten minutes. <sighs> Yeah, you nailed it, man. Destroyed. All right. What definition of God or equivalent best describes what atheists do not believe? A, the gods as described from the available religions. B, any definition of God that's provided to the atheist. Or C, omnipotent, omniscient, universe-creating beings. C. We got to go with C.
1: But B is confusing.
0: A is What? Atheists do not believe the gods as described from the available religions. That could work too, right? It could. Okay, but, but I think they're saying. I okay. think they're saying
1: even the sort of god of the philosophers.
0: Okay, what best describes the average atheist position on purpose and meaning? They derive their meaning and purpose from their former religious lives. B. Purpose and meaning can be scientifically derived from a careful analysis of physics and biology. I don't mean to snicker that. C. there is no ultimate meaning and purpose, but one can create one's own for his or her life. That's problematic. Science and logic shows there is no meaning or purpose, and this is a theistic concept only. Hmm.
1: A lot of good choices there. The only, though, gives it away. It's got to be C.
0: Well, there were four. Did you
1: mean? Yep. So I meant three. C. Not oh, the last one. Oh, okay. the, third. the third. Oh, the three. only gives it. I thought yeah. you were saying, yeah, therefore, no, I, thought, I like no, that. No, no, no. I thought the only was too
0: exclusive. Uh there were no atheists before Darwin's theory of evolution. True, true, or false. true. No. Of course that's false. Okay, a couple more here. What best describes the skeptical atheist view on the possibility of a god? They admit that a god may be possible as long as it isn't logically contradictory. B. They think that any god that breaks the laws of physics is impossible. C. They think that god, Allah, Krishna, etc. are not possible.
1: That's tough. A. I'm going to go with A.
0: Okay. Atheists believe science has all the answers. True or false?
1: I, I hope it's false. <laughs>
0: uh, according to the average atheist, I like that there's an average there atheist. There is. Man on the
1: street, atheist.
0: What is the difference between an atheist and an agnostic? Hmm. In regards to the existence of God, agnosticism relates to a state of knowledge I don't know or it is unknowable. Ooh, it is unknowable is problematic. Because oh. that's a... That presumes knowledge of everything. Atheism relates to a state of belief, I don't believe, and one can be both. That's A. If you need it again, let me know. (laughs) What can you— I editorialized in the middle of it. I should have done that. That's A? Is there a B? A is—yes. A is in regards to the existence of God, agnosticism relates to a state of knowledge, I don't know, or it is unknowable. Mm -hmm. Atheism relates to a state of belief, I don't believe, and one can be both. Okay, whatever the one can be both. And then the second is atheism is the belief that God doesn't exist, and agnosticism is a midpoint between atheism and atheism, where they're open to the possibility either way.
1: I think I gotta go with the first one.
0: Okay, going with it's ve- This
1: is uh, it's very kind of wordy, though. I don't like. <sighs> I don't. Like you got that. six out of ten correct. Oh, okay, <laughs> where did I get? Them? <laughs> where did I go wrong? <laughs>
0: Uh the average atheist position on where the universe came from is best described as It popped sp- out of nothing? There's speculation, it? but their position is that we don't know yet.
1: That's a cop-out. That's a cop-out. Well, That's if they t- don't
0: know, then they can't be st- so strident with people who claim yeah. that they do know. Okay, Atheists only believe what they can see. You answered false. Good for you. The status of atheism in terms of evidence and philosophy is best described as you said. Atheism isn't proved, but they feel it's the most reasonable position. The correct answer is atheists exist because the theists haven't met their burden of proof. So if you could only meet, an, an, the average atheist burden of I proof, think, I guess. I
1: think my answer was good.
0: Yeah, this is not good. Uh, which best describes the atheist position? You said they believe that no gods or spirits or souls exist. The correct answer is many disbelieve in gods, and some believe there are no gods. What I don't understand that. Mike: many disbelieve in gods what is that what's the difference? What's the difference? Many disbelieve in gods, and some believe there are no gods.
1: I thought they believed I thought they all believed there were no so gods. Are they saying
0: God. that with the statement many disbelieve in gods, that they believe in some of, them, but there're just some of them they disbelieve in as distinct from
1: believing in no gods? Yeah, I, what does that mean? I, if you can't trust atheists, it's dash F-A-Q. Uh, this, that's this very bad stuff from atheists,
0: dash F-A-Q. What definition of God or equivalent best describes what atheists do not believe? You answered, omnipotent, omniscient, universe-creating being. And I said, the correct answer. Any definition of God that's been provided to the atheist. And then you got the rest right. Okay.
1: Well... So you were on a bad tear there, and yeah, then you
0: really straightened yourself out. I could down.
1: see, like... I can see me getting a couple wrong, but a couple of those are very
0: That's not. This is not question. clarifying no. at all. These are
1: awful questions. I'm so just, I stand by.
0: Come all right. On. The only thing that we do know for sure, we're agnostic about everything else. We're f- sure that atheist-fact.com is not the place you want to go for
1: clarity on the no. the atheism. Facts king. Facts. So, you know, did I ever I, – like. I had a – uh, someone I follow on Twitter was in Albania. They were like posting pictures from Albania, and I said, "Hey, weird question, but do people there wear see belts?" What was the answer? <laughs> um, was like, "Yeah, I think so." Okay, <laughs> not maybe not all the time, but did I, you ask them about so. seeing women out on the streets? No, I didn't ask. Okay, them that. that would be a weird question. All right, well, that's. <laughs> it, was always, it was already weird enough to try to explain why I was asking if Albanians wear seatbelts.
0: I know. We've confused our audience here so much that it's time to just end this thing.
1: Uh, Thank you for listening and being with us. It's good yeah, to be back.
0: It's good to be back. David, always good to see you. Mm-hmm. We'll be back with another episode of Like Trees Walking. This is Michael J. Nelson. David Berge. So long. So long, suckers. <laughs>